This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin, the only problem I'm going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. Hey, what's going on, NBA Draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street, your favorite draft analyst, favorite draft analyst. It's the NBA Draft Show on the No Ceilings NBA podcast feed. My name is Corey Tulliva, and I'm here, joined once again by Albert Garbage Time. Gim, Albert, what's going on, brother? <sighs> Lots going on, man. It is uh, Kith Night at MSG. Cool yeah. stuff. Um, also, the sun went into retirement. As it is daylight savings again, or no, yep. it's not daylight. It's gone now, which sucks. I, I got out of the office today and I couldn't see my feet in front of me because not because I'm fat, but because it was dark and um, <laughs> it was it's sad, man. And I missed the sun, but I'm here. I'm ready to talk about the draft and all the fun cues we got on you know Twitter, and we have some A's, and we're gonna do our best. Is why I'm here, and I'm excited, dude. <laughs> It is uh it's gonna be fun. I these are always some of my favorite shows, and you always say like um it's fun to like stray away yeah. from the normal kind of format that our show usually does, which is you know breaking down one or two or three prospects in a very like film-oriented fashion. This gives us a little bit more of like a free-flowing flowing conversation and allows us to kind of dive um into conversations in ways that we don't normally get to go into so i'm excited about it and uh we got some really good questions from you know all the people on twitter if you are going to you know join us in the chat and you have a you know question for yourself ask it in the chat and we'll uh we'll do our best to get to it in the comments so um we're we're very excited uh to do the show and um you know albert shown his dedication because it's it's wemby night at the garden, uh, my buddy's there right now. Seems like some scene. Um, so, again, showing ded- dedication to your craft by by missing out on Wemby Night in uh, at MSG. We're here for it. We're excited. Slender Man can wait. I've got cues to A, and I'm <laughs> excited. <dude. laughs> I'm ready to rock. <laughs> All right, so let's get it started. All right, so. Let's see. Uh, first question for us to dive into is going to be by Joey Barrett at Joey Barrett underscore. Uh, what player has the biggest range of outcomes in this draft? So for this one, this was actually tricky. I, I had a, a couple names here. And initially I had some. So I, I'll, I'll start from the top. Initially, I had like Matas Buzelis here. But okay. then 
I thought about it. I was like, no, like I, this is wrong. Like I actually don't think his range of outcomes is that crazy. I think like we when we did his pod, we talked about how we think he's going to be a really solid role player ish type of guy. Um, we don't really see like a superstar type of ceiling for him. So that range isn't that wild. It's either he's going to be like a really good role guy or like a maybe not as really good role guy, which is like my expert analysis here. Good job, Albert. <laughs> um, so let me give you a different group of names. Um, we have a guy that we did a pod on. Actually, two of the guys. No, three. Okay, look at me. All three guys that I have on my list are guys that we did pods on because I genuinely think there is a wide range for all three. My three guys are Kwame Evans Jr. from the Oregon Ducks, uh, Riley Kugel, uh, University of Florida, and AJ Johnson of the Illawarra Hawks. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I chose these three names, Corey, just because um, you and I, I believe, and all of us at uh, No Ceilings, I think we try to be optimists. We are glass half full type of guys. And when we do our pods and we do our breakdowns of these players, we try to highlight the good. And we try to highlight the optimistic aspects of their game, the flashes that they have. Uh, my only thing with these three guys is beyond the things that we talked about that we liked about them, there are some warts to their games. Uh, there are some negative aspects of their games that they're going to have to work on. They're going to have to figure out. And it go and applies to all three guys. When we, when we talk about Kugel, uh, we talked a little bit about the decision-making type of stuff with him. We want to see him continue to work on his outside shooting. Uh, we like the finishing inside. But overall, there are like little things here and there where uh, it may sway his eventual outcome. Same thing with Kwame Evans Jr., a guy with tons of uh, skills and talents that, you know, if it all comes together and, you know, if the pieces come together, then the puzzle could be quite beautiful. AJ Johnson, same thing. So those are my three guys, Corey. I, I think these are guys that may, and eventually when we get closer and closer to the draft, I, they might actually be really divisive name as, names as well. Like, I think some people are going to love these guys and some people might be really out on them. So I, of the three, I would say I think Kugel's the safest. But um, yeah, I think all of them have a little bit of a range to their outcomes. Yeah, I think that's a really great uh, list. I agree. I think, you know, Kugel's already kind of um, shown, like, all right, I'm, I'm ready to rock this year, right? Like, you know, they played Loyola, Maryland. Um, so it's, it's still early to really get, like, a fully formed opinion on uh, these guys, right? Because it's, like, outside of, like, Jacoby Walters, who played um possessed you know auburn you know he, he was filthy you know that was like a real real game a lot of these guys are not playing the kind of level of competition that you know you're like let me you know full my form my opinion that i'm gonna have three months from now there's not a ton to be learned other than like all right these these guys are putting in the work i think aj johnson is a great great name because as we've seen in uh the NBL with a lot of these really raw guys who aren't necessarily super developed physically. Um, if you're not, you might, it might take a while, Yep. yep. you know, and AJ Johnson, I think even in his li limited film, like, uh, you know, even you could pick stuff out when he plays six minutes where you're like, all right, that's some pretty high level stuff. Um, and it's like, how do you build on that and make those six minutes, 12 minutes, and then those 12 minutes, 18 and 18, 25. 
that's where we want to see him go towards the end of the year. And I think because he has that kind of like, it's just so natural the way he moves and like, he just looks like he is a basketball player. Mm. And I think like you could be like, Hey, I'm all in on this guy. He's in a tough situation playing in a pro league. I'm not going to buy into the lack of production nearly as much as I would if he was like playing in college and didn't have a ton of production, right? Like there's going to be projection with him. So there's going to be some people, I think they're going to have him in the lottery for the majority of the season. And then there are going to be some people who are like, this dude's not producing. He's not that good. He needs way more time. I'm going to have him, you know, in my second round or as an undrafted guy. So I think his name is really, really interesting. Um, And that's a, that's a great call. The first guy who kind of came to mind for me was uh dj wagner yeah that's a good one and because he's a name that everybody knows so he's coming into the year i think with still a lot of like a lot of height a lot of people who are going to be high on him and like all right he's like a strong kid who can make tough shots and he's like really bursty and he can get into the paint And then I think it's going to be the type of thing where a lot of scouts are going to actually watch him play at the college level and see how he's fitting in when he's not necessarily the guy all the time. And he's got to be more of a distributor and how he adjusts to that. And I think he might be a guy that we look at and uh, people go, I don't know, like he's kind of a short guard and like he's a scoring guard. He's not super versatile. Can you play him off the ball? Like, do I want to spend a first round pick on this guy? Um, so I think he's going to be an interesting player to monitor just because I, I I think I know you and I saw him, you know, in person um, at the Hoop Summit. And I saw him, you know, he's a, a local, you know, tri-state area kid. So I got to see him, you know, um, at other events too. And I think there are real questions about him. So I, he was the first guy that came to mind where I was like, I think some people are going to be super high on him and buy into like him being this lead scoring guard. And then they're going to be some people totally out and be like, yeah, yeah I mean, I don't think the efficiency is going to be there. And, and, you know, stuff like that. <sighs> I, Corey, I'm with you. I think, um, I mean, to be honest, like, is his game like that crazy different from his dad's even, you know, obviously I think his dad was a little bit more nuanced with his offensive game and he had some really nice savvy stuff to him. But um, I don't know, like with Wagner, it's I I get it. I think it's a great name that you threw in there 100 percent. And I feel like uh, it's going to be a real wait and see. Um, I don't know. I I it's a great choice. He's going to be super divisive. And if I can core really quickly, just the what, the points that you made about AJ Johnson, it's so accurate because I'm actually working on a piece right now uh, with Alex Tuhi. And some of the insight that he gave me was that even for him, like he's really had to adjust to the speed and physicality of the NBL that mm-hmm. he, he was so aware of that he was going to have to prepare for it, but it was still an adjustment for him, even though he knew it was coming. And, right. you know, too, he has, in my opinion, a better frame, frame than AJ Johnson. And I think he's already stronger yeah. than him. And so the fact that Tui has had to really adjust and, you know, get used to it. And he's a guy that's played in NBL one before as a 16, 17, 18 year old. And the fact that he's adjusting, it makes sense that AJ Johnson is adjusting as well. Yeah. Uh, agreed. And 
I think it's a really good insight. And, you know, I, the, the physicality and the strength thing too, uh, you know, I, I just saw um, the Knicks play the the Clippers for at James Harden's debut. And I was like eight rows from the court, um, sick bread. And the thing that I noticed the most, or I was like, oh, these dudes are strong. <laughs> these dudes are physical. And like, if you were going to be an NBA defender, because I think that's really the area of the game where like the strength, obviously like finishing stuff like that, but like the physicality you need to be able to play with as a defender in this league is crazy. So like a dude like AJ Johnson right now, who's having that struggle in the NBL, like obviously he's super far away. So it's like, you gotta be patient with him because even if he shows the flashes in the NBL, it's going to be a whole new level you know, when he jumps up to the, to the NBA and then he's going to be a project there too. So it's just like, is he a first draft guy or is he like a, a guy who like, you're going to be maybe getting a really good player on his second contract, second team, potentially that's kind of the question that you have with him, but the skills are, are clearly, clearly there, you know, for a kid like that. All right. Next question from the YouTube comments. Uh, we have lockdown scout top five point of attack defenders outside the top 10. Okay. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Let's get after it outside the top 10. Well, you know, we haven't done our, yeah. our, uh, draft rankings yet, which are, you know, coming soon because the no ceilings big board version one will be out on, friday and then from there you know we'll figure out the rest of the rankings but you know we'll we'll kind of go outside the box a little bit and just kind of freestyle uh first guy that comes to mind omaha bill you uh you know i i think some people might have him around the 10 range but also like i think espn just had him like in the late 40s maybe so obviously like his range is crazy uh but i i think from a wing perspective, I think his perimeter defense is really, really fun. Uh, Scotty Middleton. I think Scotty is another guy from the wing who's just a really, really, really solid uh, point of attack defender on the ball. Uh, Garway Duall uh, is, I think, probably like as far as one and done guys, I think he's probably cream of the crop for like, you know, six, four long arms, insanely fast hands. Uh when we were watching the practices at the Nike hoop summit, like he was doing, he was like putting people just terrorizing them. Like, and even when they got by him, he was doing the like poke away thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, just super, super, super fun. Um, Kevin McCuller from Kansas is like, he might be the best defender in college basketball from the, the wing spot just because he's so seasoned. Uh, he's strong, crafty, so smart. Um, Kobe Johnson is, a, I think, an interesting guy from the wing, uh, from USC. Those are those are some of the names that have. Uh, oh, Chase Ross too. Chase mm-hmm. Ross, I think, for me, point of attack from like the the point guard, shooting guard type archetype. Uh, those are some guys who come to mind for me. I, I think for me, Corey, the the first name that came to mind for me was Kobe Johnson. I, we we did a pod on him. I think he's going to be unbelievable. <clears throat> a sleeper name, kind of a sleeper name, because <laughs> I don't know if we're going to see a lot of it this year, but uh, maybe in next year, whatever. I, I I think when his frame fills out, I think he's going to be a terror. 
because of his okay. length and his pokey hands, which sounds weird. Uh, Cameron Carr, Tennessee, the guy that we talked mm. about. I just, I can see it, man. Like his body's just not yeah. where it is, where it needs to be, but it will get there. And when he does, I think he's going to be unbelievable. And a guy, obviously, I keep talking about him because, you know, he's a friend of the program, but I. T- when I talk to him, all he cares about is being versatile on the defensive end of the floor, which is Alex Dewey, you know, of the Sydney Kings right now. Like, I'm talking to him right now for this piece, and all he's telling me is like, dude, he's telling me straight up, like, I- I'm going to be able to guard one to five. Like, I'm going to show that yeah, to t- the world. Let- let's talk about Dewey a little bit. Sure. Because um, we really like Dewey yeah. a lot. He's a guy that, um, you know, we got to, again, watch – up close at the hoop summit and he just looks like you know the consummate role player and i think we were all like a little like is this kid because we thought he was going to gonzaga at the time and like um we were kind of like is he gonna be a guy who is this year guy is he a multi-year college player like what's up and then he's looked really really good in the nbl so um yeah, talk about Tui a little bit since you've been doing, uh, you know, a little bit of behind the scenes stuff and and doing some work with him. No, for sure. I mean, with Alex, you know, he's a guy that I was able to do a home and away pod uh, with last year uh, after the Hoop Summit, and I've stayed in contact with him. And he's a guy that, you know, when he made the decision to go to Sydney, the one thing that he wanted to make very clear to me was that it wasn't an easy decision. Um, Something that he emphasized multiple times was there was nothing wrong with Gonzaga. He loved the coaching staff there. He loved the setting. He loved everything. But the reason why he stayed and he ended up, you know, choosing to go to Sydney was because he he said it was a, it was as simple as I wanted to be a pro. I wanted to play pro ball. I wanted that experience under my under my belt so that when I got to the NBA, I, I he, you know, he felt like it would have been, you know, he would be a little bit more prepared for the NBA mm-hmm. level of competition. And the main thing that he's been working on is shooting off the dribble, being consistent with his outside shooting, uh, tightening his ball handling and staying really consistent on the defensive end of the ball. And without me giving away too much of um Uh, the piece that I'm going to be writing, some of the names that I want to bring up, right, that he's been really focusing in on, really been trying to model his game after, Jason Tatum, Mikael Bridges, and Clay Thompson are the three names that he gave me. And he said these are the guys that he's working on, that he's watching every day. And, Corey, the point that you made about strength, right, Um, a guy like Jason Tatum, the type of – I don't know if people generally think of Tatum and strength, but strength is a huge part of Jason Tatum's game. The the type of creation, the self-creation that he can create, the space that he can create with not only his footwork and the ball handling and his size, but that strength that he has is a huge thing. And that's something that Tui spoke on as well. And so uh, Alex Tui is a, a really, really interesting prospect. And I'm really excited to finish this piece uh, for the world to read because he's a guy that, he can come off as like a little, you know, under the radar, not like a super loud personality or anything like that. But I, I think he's going to be an incredible pro because he understands the direction that the NBA is going in. And that's something we talked about as well. He understands the value of versatility. He understands the value of outside shooting. And these are aspects of his game that he's confident in. He he believes that he's going to be a, de- a versatile offensive and defensive player from day one. So uh, a guy that I'm super high on, I, I have him pretty high on my board as well. And I think he's going to be a really, really fun guy to watch throughout the season. Yeah, I agree. He's um, his shot looks so good now too. Yeah. You know, it looks like he's made a ton, a ton of, of progress. 
on on that jumper from the time that we saw him in April to now. Right. He's shooting it confidently, um, and he plays a, a really valuable position. Um, all right, so lockdown scout also said I think Omaha has some OG Ananobi in him. We agree. Uh, when we covered him um, for this show, I believe we made mention of that's the type of player we think he can develop into. And then he also asked Garway barely played in the first game. What's up with that? Uh, he left with an injury. So that's why he didn't play that many minutes. All right, let's go back to the Twitter questions. And uh, next question is by NBA draft future. OKC looks like they will have two picks in the early slash middle of the draft. Who are some names that you would like to add to this roster? Uh, Corey, you can go first if you want. Um, man, OKC is, uh, it's the team. It's like, what do you give the team that has everything? <laughs> uh, I, Corey, um, I think, I think the point that you just made is so important though. Like I, it's hard for me to believe that this is what the roster is going to look at, at, look like at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, even if it is, all right, so here's a guy that I think is interesting. I, I think they need bigs. Okay, same. Right? Like, because they're, I mean, guards, they're just absolutely loaded. Yeah. You know, Kaysen is a, a, a guy who you're going to have to get on the floor for 20 plus minutes a night, you know, by the end of this year. And like, you know, who, who knows how, how many minutes he's going to be able to play going forward. They're using him like as a screener and doing all these yeah. really interesting things. And he can guard so many positions. Cause again, he has that positional strength defensively uh, to go along with like the length and he can play off ball offensively. 54, Obviously Shea is going to play 35 minutes a night. Um, so I, I, then they have Jalen uh friend of the program, you know, they have giddy, like they have all these perimeter guys. I think Ethan Almanza is an interesting guy for this roster because I think that he fits the type of way that they like to play, which is like quick decision making, um, you know, kind of versatile on both ends, you know, probably going to be switchable, high feel type stuff. I, I think Almanza is a guy that they could probably like in that portion. And I think he fits really well with Chet because he likes to operate close to the basket and Chet's a guy who you can play and space out on the floor. And then Almanza, uh, I think is, has a, a frame that is going to fill out more and he'll be able to bang with kind of some of the stronger guys. It's a little bit of overlap with him in, uh, Jay Lynn Williams, mm-hmm. um, big Jalen Williams on the team. Uh, but I think he's interesting, especially if he shoots it. Right. Yeah. Like if he continues to prove that he might be a shooter. So he's an interesting guy that I think uh, at that part of the draft. I also think they need some more like just perimeter shooters, mm-hmm. like guys who could play off the ball, aren't going to need a lot and just like space the floor for your Josh Giddies, right? For your Shays. So, uh, I mean, is a guy like Scotty Middleton who still has that kind of size that you could play up or down or whatever and doesn't really ever need the ball to score, but can do it in spurts? He's a guy that I think is kind of interesting for them too. Um, yeah. So some guys like that, maybe Kyle Filipowski could be mm-hmm. pretty intriguing um, to me as well. So, you know, I, I think those are the kind of guys for me. I, 
I think those are great names. Um, just really quickly, Corey, for our our uh, preseason draft guide for Almanza, I, I wrote his thing, and the three players that I could, compared him to are weird names. I did okay. Carl, uh, Carlos Boozer, Wendell Carter Jr., and Othella Harrington. So, but okay if i can explain myself because people are gonna be like all right first off who the hell is othella harrington for our younger viewers um (laughs) (laughs) but i chose othella harrington because i just have such a strong memory whether it was he was on the bulls or the knicks or otherwise um just being (laughs) such a solid inside scorer like a guy he had such a like a a rock solid post-up game and he had lefty baby hooks exactly dude so nuanced and that you know that's the type of stuff that honestly we don't see a lot of in the nba anymore um but almanza i think is a really interesting prospect like a guy who can really finish inside like he's a guy that he's a guy that like when you tell him to roll he rolls freaking hard like he is running at the rim ready to you know damage people and damage the rim and sometimes even damage himself so he's got to calm down a little bit but i i like him a lot and i think he's a great interesting prospect a guy that you could see playing next to a chet um offering something a little bit different um as a big next to chet but i think he's a great guy um uh, there's a couple of names that i had um adembona i think could be interesting um, just as you know, a big defender, super mobile. I, I could see him being, you know, playing with these OKC guys, obviously as a rim roller threat. Um, but just you know, what he brings on the defensive side with the way that he can move is so terrifying and would be so it's just like him and Chet defending the, the rim um and doing just defense stuff is so fun and so scary. Um, so I put his name there. Uh Deron Holmes, obviously an interesting name. But the one that I wanted to throw in for me is Zach Eady. Um, I want to see the Canada connection with Zach Eady and Shea Gilgis. You know, these guys play together in the summer. Uh, Zach Eady is a gigantic human being. Uh, and you put Eady next to, to Chet. To put it lightly. Yeah, to put it lightly, right? Um, you can get some really, like, fun social things going on with Chet and Z- Edie on the floor together. Um, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, and then, obviously, Cody Williams. Uh, he can go there, be with his brother, and just ride the bench for a couple of years, do G League stuff and work on his game and then come back later on and be a guy for them. I don't know. Um, but yeah, those are the names that I wrote down. I <laughs> I, I really like the Bona and Edie ones, but um, I, I think your Almanza call is awesome too. Yeah, I think Edie is the kind of guy that I think if a team takes him in the first round, it would be like pick 28, 29, yeah. something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, unless he, you know, Show some new wrinkles to his game this year where he's like jacking threes at volume. But I typically think he's pretty underrated as like an, a yep. pro prospect. I I saw him live uh the Jaden Ivy year, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> this dude is so gigantic. He moved so fluidly. Yeah. Like in person, he just looked like he moved so fluently. He's insanely productive. So, yeah, like you might not be able to play him 30 minutes a night because he'll get pick and rolled to death or whatever. But the dude produces when he's on the floor and like whatever team drafts him is like going to get a pro. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the, and so him in OKC would definitely be interesting just to give them a different look, even if it's for like 15 minutes a night. Like that would be that would be a fun like wrinkle to their roster construction because they, they really don't have anything like him 
they uh, having a giant doesn't hurt and having a giant that can move like Edie does is great and to Edie's credit he's really worked on his body too like if you go back even to the ivy year till now i feel like he just continues to improve his physique so i i, I agree with you Corey. i think he'd be a really fun wrinkle and a fun option for them yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go to see purdue this year uh as well just so i can get uh See if he he had anything to his bag, and really just to see a uh, physical freak uh, again. Um. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, let's take a question from YouTube. Uh, we got King Day 26. Do you think Alex Sar has the potential to be mentioned with names like Evan Mobley and Chet Holmgren when it comes to defense only? I, for me, I, I think it's... I, I like him overall as a prospect in that area. Like, I have... Sar is number one on my board right now. Like I you think, do. I, I think he is. Um, obviously, I don't think he's exactly at the level as a Chet or a Victor or whatever. But he's a seven footer that can do wild things, and he showed it during the X. The, you know these. What do you call these? Uh, f- friendlies? No, that's soccer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, right. Uh, showcase uh... showcase okay that's a good one that's more basketball-y um but um no sar was unbelievable in these showcase games in vegas or actually no it's not vegas it's uh henderson henderson, right? henderson, henderson yeah. nevada yeah i was there last year to see Wemby. i still can't believe it um but no sar was unbelievable there he's been great in the nbl a guy that Corey, when we did his pod we were kind of just foaming at the mouth that we were so impressed with him and we want to see it obviously throughout you know the whole course of the season but i think in my opinion, he's at number one because he's got real superstar potential. So whether it's offense or defense, I think he's he can get up there. Um, it, it just, yeah, I love him. Yeah, you know, it's, I don't think he's on Chet's level as a prospect. Yeah, agree. I'll say that. Like, I, Chet Holmgren right now is like one of the most productive he's so good. players in the NBA. <laughs> like, like he's, he's shooting 50, 50, 90 right now. Like, his efficiency is insane. 
defensively, he's been like everything as advertised. Um, and like right now, to me, like it's pretty clear rookie of the year. Uh, you know, Wemby's been great and everything, but like Chet's numbers are just bonkers right now. Who, you know, whether he can keep that up, um, we'll see. And also, you know, he's a rookie, but it's his second year. So, you know, we've seen that before. Ben Simmons, I think, right? Um, Blake Griffin, right? Like, you know, these are, we've seen guys like this. Donovan Mitchell had that whole campaign against Ben Simmons, I believe, you know, like he's a real rookie. <laughs> he's not a real rookie. I am. Um, so Chet has that advantage, but like Chet's been unbelievable. I, I don't, I think as a prospect, Chet's like one of the best prospects we've had in quite a while. Yeah. Um, Mobley defensively, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. you know, I, I think he, he might be able to get there. Mobley, I think it moves a little bit more consistently. Like, I think Sar has these flashes where you're like, oh my God, like what on earth did I just watch? Like that was insane defensively. But I think Mobley is just very consistent on that end as an impact player, which I, I think Sar still has to kind of find his footing in that regard. Right. But I think that Sar has more offensive potential than Mobley because Mobley is just not wired to be like a scorer. Yeah. And I think that's what's ultimately like he'll always be a super impactful guy who plays on winning teams, but he's never going to be able to, to drive your team's success. Yeah. That's yeah. just how I feel about Mobley. I think that's kind of how we felt about him in the draft. Like that's kind of the questions. It's like, that's why he didn't go first overall. That's why he didn't go second overall. It's because he just isn't driven to like go dominate, you yeah. know? And like, unfortunately that's not really something you most players develop right right like that's a mentality thing that you either got that dog in you or you don't right and i, I don't overall i don't know if he does i think sar has more offensive dog. uh force mm -hmm. you know like he's 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 taken a ton of threes like you know he's not hesitant to let it fly he's experimenting with things he's got that turnaround fadeaway in the mid-range like he can rim run like he's just got more avenues, I think, to be more impactful on that end, um, whether or not whatever team drafts him hones it all in and turns it into like an efficient part of his game or not. So that's where I think he's I, I he's probably like on that level of of like an Evan Mobley just because, you know, they're not exactly the same, but there are similarities. Uh, but I think Chet's on a whole different level. For sure. For sure. No, I agree. Corey. I, the Mobley piece is, I mean, we saw it in the playoffs last year. Uh, the Knicks really kind of took it to him and he really struggled. But with Mobley, it's, you know, he's still a really, we love, we still love Mobley. Like, don't, don't take what Corey said the wrong way. Like we, Corey's, we, both of us love him so much. He's got a lot of great aspects to his game, but that mentality piece that Corey brought up, it's you either have it or you don't. I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. So, uh, but SAR has been, real deal yeah you know and again we covered him uh full film breakdown i also my first film session of the year uh was on alex sar so full scouting video uh film breakdown again of alex sar available on the no ceilings youtube as well um all right let's go back to twitter for another question and we got uh at field of hoops is going to ask a little question about the Chicago Bulls. Which lottery pick best fits the Bulls' needs? Um, for me, this is pretty easy. 
Stefan Castle for me. Uh, Stefan Castle, I think, like uh, right now, I mean, I, I think the Bulls team is going to look significantly different at this time next year. Uh, I don't know if a lot of the Bulls stars are uh, going to be there necessarily this time next year. So like, I don't want to sit and and talk about the roster construction um, from like what, who fits best with the team now. Cause I just don't think it ultimately will matter. But if we are talking about like, if I'm building a team, like Stefan Castle is very high on my list of A, he could fit with the team if it looked like this going forward. But but B, he you, know, you can also maybe build stuff around him. And I, I think offensive creation with the plus size at 6'6", where he could be a point guard, he could be kind of a scoring threat, and then he could be you know, a, a guy who can defend multiple positions. He'll play with physicality. He can make plays for others this is what a modern guard looks like, man. And like, I, I think this dude is just, he's, he's not going to be super flashy always, but he's skilled, he's crafty. And I think he's going to be a guy who really is a slow burn where people are like, all right, this dude is, this dude is crazy, crazy good. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see him for the bulls. He's definitely at, at the top of the list, just cause I think he fits a, what they have now and be even without that going forward, he fits with the direction that the league is trending towards. Although they'll probably pick some six foot nine inch wing that can't really shoot and is just kind of athletic and switchable defensively. And we'll add to the list of Patrick Williams, Dalen Terry, Julian Phillips, and you know, they'll form the worst shooting team of all time. Uh, well, Corey's the Bulls expert here, so I'll defer to him. But I, I was going to say, I mean, if you guys end up with like a really high pick, you guys have your pick this year, right? That's why we're talking about this. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, for me, like, go grab Alexander Saar and feel great about it, is how I feel. Um, also, like, if you guys, if the Bulls got either one of those other wings, like uh, Justin Edwards, Ron Holland, Jacoby Walter, I think that's all really exciting stuff, too. So, yeah, I think there's going to be options. That's, I mean, that's kind of the fun of this draft. Like, if they're because there is no consensus and everyone's going to have such different opinions on who is at the top, that is kind of the fun of the draft. And for a team like the Bulls, who ultimately, like, I mean, they might not need to trade anybody at the trade deadline to end up in the top five. They might just be bad. Um, so, because it doesn't seem like they enjoy, like they enjoy playing together all that much. Um, for a team like that, like fit is not really a concern. Like Kobe Walter looks like he rocks. Like I don't care if Zach Levine's there, DeMar DeRozan's there. Like those guys are not, both of them are not going to be in the long-term future of the Bulls. Like if you believe that Jacoby Walter is the best player available, he's available. Like you take Jacoby Walter, uh, you, you take whoever. So I, I truly don't know what direction they'd like to go. Another guy who's kind of interesting, who looked really good in his first game was Isaiah Collier. Mm-hmm. Another physical, strong guy. The shot looked pretty, pretty decent. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm 
he and we liked him when we saw him live at the Hoop Summit. Obviously, highly ranked prospect, uh, but he looks like he's going to be able to get into the paint at will. I mean, yeah, Stefan Marbury, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. uh, that's that's the comp that we went with, I believe. All right, uh, let's find our next question. And it'll be by Nerd Runner. Great name. <laughs> At Nerd Runner. Great name. It is a <laughs> really good name. All right, um, so the question is, most intriguing fits in the lottery for the Trailblazers? Fits well with Shaden, Scoot, Anthony. So far, I've liked Sar. I believe that's supposed to say Holland, Edwards, Buzelis. Who else should I be watching for for the Blazers? Um, of the names that weren't mentioned there, Corey, your guy, Scotty Middleton. Mm. I, think, I think his name should be there. Uh, my guy, Alex Tuhi, 100%, I think, should be there. I can't, I actually can't find this guy's tweet. So I can't, and I don't, yeah. But also the other names I had. He, I know he said Sar, Edwards, Walter. Yeah. So, but Scotty Middleton, I think his name should be there. Like, who do you guys want? Who would the Blazers want to put next to Scoot Henderson? Right. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the mindset. And I think a guy like Scotty Middleton with his scoring ability and what he's going to be able to offer on the defensive side of the ball as well, I think is a really interesting option. And it's it's kind of the same for all the guys that I wrote, right? To he Edwards, Walter, all those guys. I think we should also take a second to be like, hey, J- and we talked about it before. Goddamn, Jacoby Walter was really good in that first game. And I think it that first game has you kind of thinking like, holy shit like what is this guy going to do throughout the course of the season um another baylor guard is just going to be awesome and then we'll end up being really good in the league too so yeah but the first name that i had written down here was scotty middleton i i love the middleton let's get some shooters right you know and he's a guy who's not going to need a ton of usage there um you know i like their wings tumani kamara's looked oh yeah really really encouraging lately um uh, you know, I, I like Chris Murray long term. They have Jabari Walker. You know, they have Aiton and Robert Williams. So Aiton, they have the center spot locked up. Robert Williams, you know, another injury. I don't think you can really count on him. But I, I, I do think like their dream from this draft, fit wise, probably would be Saar, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, because you can kind of let him space out while, uh, while Aiton does his little mid range song and dance, right? I mean, Aiton's been really good. Yeah. Like the the Blazers have been frisky since Scoot went down. Shaden, Shaden's been really good, man. Ball in, dude. Shaden's been really good right now. I do have to say on the Scoot front, yeah. Look, it's early. Yeah. Let's preface this. Yeah, nobody should be doing victory laps. Corey, can I say right? really quickly? We're the yeah. two guys that had him three, and we're not taking victory laps. We're saying take you know everyone relax. He's going to be awesome. Yeah, but at the same time, I also don't think we need to make excuses for Scoot. <laughs> like, I don't think the people who had Brandon Miller should be taking victory laps because we're a, a week and a half into the season. Exactly. And I also think that we could look at Scoot and be like, hey, he has been really terrible. And he has some real warts to his games True, that he needs to fix. I think there's a nuance to it where we're like, yeah, let's not worry. It's like, well, we could worry a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's good. I, I wasn't expecting you to go in that that direction, but no, nah, we can worry a little bit. He's shooting like five. He's shooting like five percent from three. Like, <laughs> do I think he's gonna get better? Yeah, but I'm saying we could worry a little bit. But like, he'll figure out how to get into the paint, and yeah. you know, he'll get to his mid range uh, a little bit more. He'll get better defensively, but you know, he's just not the athlete that Derrick Rose and Russell Westbrook and those guys were. So you know, we gotta. We have to be patient with him, but like, we also have to be realistic and been like, yeah, he's been terrible, been really bad. <laughs> but we we did have some concerns about his outside shot when we did his breakdown. Yeah, and you know, there's there's he he struggled with a lot of you know efficiency and stuff and and finishing in the G League. Like, there are a lot of concerns that you know I think he was just one of those guys that were built where it's like he's the guy and he looks the part and everything. And like, I, I think he's going to be really good, but like also it might be in his best interest that we still kind of settle down the expectations and just let him develop into the player that he's going to develop into, whether that's a superstar or like, just like an all-star level guy, like we'll be patient with that. And like, let's not put those crazy expectations on him. That's going to put pressure that he's probably willing and embracing. Cause he seems like he's got that personality, but also like, you know, to it'll be in his best interest for everybody to be realistic about what he needs to work on. I think. Yeah, Corey, I think that's a great point. But also going back to the question, I think who they pick with that pick, I think it'll be really important to his development too. Like I, I, I genuinely believe that the Blazers are going to have his development in mind, and they'll be looking for a guy to really run alongside him and be a guy that could support his game and uh, honestly accentuate the good aspects of Scoot's game. So having you mm-hmm. know another wing, a strong wing shooter, I think, and also maybe a wing shooter that can do a little bit with the ball in their hands, I think would definitely benefit Scoot, right? So that he's like n- not the whole onus of playmaking and ball handling is on Scoot, right? Having another guy like a Jacoby Walter or Justin Edwards. Um, I, I think guys like that who could do stuff with the ball in their hands, that would benefit Scoot a ton, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, next question uh, is going to be from our friend Nathaniel Miller on Twitter, at Journalist Nate. Who are your favorite, not necessarily the best, prospects that have transferred up to a high major but maybe two years away from going pro a la Baylor Shireman as Tyler Rucker says sometimes it just takes time this was a very in-depth nuanced question um and I came up with a few guys so the first guy that I came up with because he's a guy that was very popular on um you know like draft twitter last year he had gone viral and um oh yes he's a guy that you know i think a lot of people kind of jumped the gun on and he i think made a really strong decision on choosing where to play his college ball um, and best to, to showcase his, his talents. And that's Grant Nelson. Mm-hmm. Um, so he transferred from North Dakota state to Alabama. And I mean, he had a, a crazy strong opening first game. I think it was like 24 and seven. Um, but you know, like again, these 
early games a lot of times are not necessarily against the best competition. So I'm I'm eager to see him play in the SEC and what he looks like, you know, against that competition rather than, you know, beating up on, you know, uh, some less talented teams uh, because he has a lot of really interesting skills, but I, I don't think he's necessarily proven that he's a guy that has to be a this year guy. Like maybe he is. Uh, I'm sure that he's definitely going to test the waters again. Like he did last year. Right. But like, it wouldn't shock me if it was like, Hey, we don't have a first round guarantee for you. You can go in the second. Maybe you could be on a two way or you can go back to Alabama and continue to, you know, work on your craft and also get that NIL bag. Like, I think the NIL thing is a game changer for a guy like him. Uh, so he was the first guy that kind of came to mind just because like, is he like a real deal productive player in the way that NBA teams want out of a big man right now? Or is he an internet guy? Mm. And I think I need to see more. Mm. I think that's fair, Corey. Um, I, I was actually surprised that you went with Grant Nelson first. Um, I thought it would be a different name, but then also like the name that I had in mind for you, I think he might actually just be really good this season and make the league. So maybe he's not a two-year guy. Um, Dalton, uh, Tennessee. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. I, Dalton's. Yeah. Yeah. And you also, talk about him though? I, well, yeah, I would love to talk about Dalton. Also, I think he's a grad transfer. Like, I don't know how much okay. eligibility, like, I don't even know if he has any eligibility left, you know, after this year, um, the, the COVID stuff definitely messed up. Um, how exactly every, I like, I don't know anybody's eligibility all the time, but Dalton's a baller, man. Um, he's like six, 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 seven with like a legit stroke. Um, and like legit, like NBA athleticism. Um, he, I remember last year I was cutting up tape from a prospect and I was trying to find the defensive tape. And uh, I was at the point where I was like, can't use any of this because this white dude is just absolutely destroying this prospect. <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is really frustrating. I can't use anything from this game. And uh, I remember I texted Maxwell and I'm like, Dalton connect question mark. And he's like, yes. I'm like, okay. You know, cause Maxwell's a, a, a draft sicko. Yeah. Uh, listen Mondays on the feed. And, um, he got the, the Maxwell approval, but like, he just, he moves like an NBA guy. And I think he's going to be the number one guy at Tennessee this year, mm-hmm. but big size, real, real athleticism, real athlete, like poster level stuff. Yeah. Um, can create his own shot. Um, He's a real deal. I, I texted a prospect about him. I was like, yo, what do you think about, about Dalton? Um, and he's like, I'm a little worried about the fit at Tennessee because you know how sometimes these guys go to Tennessee and they get put in a box. He's like, but that dude is legit. Like he's a baller, man. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. I think the, the prospect that I was texting, he gave me like a, a full on scouting report of him. I'm like, Oh, do you want a job? At- <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love Dalton, but I, he's league bound. 
Yeah. Like he's already popping up on boards. Um, so even, even regardless of his age, like this dude, you know, he's, he's going to be on a roster next year. So, um, but yeah, Grant Nelson. And then the other, I had a couple other guys, uh, Javion McCollum, Mm. uh, who went from Siena to Oklahoma. And then Jameer Watkins is an interesting name. Um, was at VCU and has transferred to Florida state. And he's like an interesting guy, six, seven, like, 220 like strong physical wing my questions with Watkins are like he's never been like super efficient um and like I think he's got to prove that he can be efficient like he's got to prove that he can knock his outside shot down the shot I think looks good um but if he like can just shoot it at like 36 37 percent yeah and just get his field goal percentage like 45 percent which is really just like a diet of rims and three. I, I think he could be a really interesting kind of like late round prospect because physically, like he's got what you want out of like, kind of like a bench, you know, three and D type wing. Mm. No, I'm with you. I mean, this is not my expertise. I'm not the draft sicko like Maxwell is, but I had a name and he's kind of different where he was with a high major team. And then, Things didn't really work out for him. And a guy that Corey, I've talked to you about a couple of times. Um, we just haven't been able to do a pod yet because also, like, we need more film of his. Um, but Adama Ball, uh, who mm. was at Arizona and now he's at Santa Clara, and a guy that I think could be interesting. Now, the shooting really has to connect, but he's another guy that I've been talking to recently. And his biggest thing with me is that he's like, dude don't sleep on my game is was like his main messaging to me. Like it's coming. Um, He felt like I, I won't divulge too much what he said, but I think he's in a a unique opportunity now with Santa Clara. And we've seen some really good players come out of that school in recent years, Jalen Williams, uh, AirPods. Um, So I I think it's going to be interesting to see what type of season he has. And, but once again, even with him, it may not be a one year thing. You know, it may be a couple of years him playing there for him to actually reach his ceiling and, you know, really get his name, his name on boards and stuff. But a guy that I wanted to mention because I've kind of liked this game for a while now, obviously Rucker being a Arizona guy has been talking about him for some time, but you know, I think it's an interesting move for him going to Santa Clara and hopefully things work out. So. Yeah. I love it. I, I love you flip the question. Yeah. Give it a little twist. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, back to Twitter. We have uh, at second worst tweeter, another great Twitter handle. Um, any thoughts on KJ Simpson? Feels like he could be a sleeper this year. Uh, KJ Simpson from Colorado. I think that Colorado team is going to be really fun this year uh, with Cody Williams, with Tristan Silva, and uh, KJ Simpson. I like Simpson. And here's the thing he's like a smaller guard, right? He's like 6'1, 6'2, whatever. I buy the shot, I think the shot looks clean. I think that he's really got to shoot it this year. And his big thing is like, he cannot finish around the rim. Like he was like 46 or 47% in the half court last year. And if you're going to be a small guard who can't finish around the rim, like it's just not going to happen. Like you have to be efficient around the rim. You have to shoot it from three and you got to be able to defend. Um, I like his playmaking. I like him as a player. I just don't know if he's a guy that like a team is going to spend draft capital on. 
for me, Corey, with Simpson, um, I mean, there's some shiftiness to his game. I, but I think the shooting point that you made is important, too. He's never really shot it from outside at, at like, a really good, consistent number. Um, yeah, I, the, uh, I, I want to reserve, like, ultimate final judgment, but a lot of his game feels like kind of like a G League guard to me. Um, mm-hmm. maybe at best like a third, fourth guard on an NBA team. I think early on he's definitely going to be playing a good amount in the G League or maybe overseas. Um, but he has kind of that feel to him. He is a smaller guard. He's not tiny uh, by any means, but like even when you watch him on the floor, like he eh, feels like a smaller guard. Um, but the outside shot, I, I, Corey, I'm with you. Like I, I think it looks fine, but he's never really hit it at like a high mark. So yeah. we're going to have to ne- see that for sure. Um, he can shoot it from the mid-range. Obviously, I, 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 there's like nice shiftiness to him, but um, feels a little bit more like a guy whose path to the NBA might be a little bit longer than others is. Yeah, he's like a good college player, he yes. feels like right now. But good. look, I mean, he maybe he takes a leap this year. Maybe. Right? Maybe he takes a leap. Like, that's the fun part. It's early on in the year, and we'll see. But um, I think he's got an uphill I think he's got an uphill battle. Yeah. All right. Uh, last question uh, from the YouTube comments. Me. <laughs> um, I really don't know much about the 24 draft. Who do you guys think is the consensus number one pick? So you said a little earlier, you have Alex Saar, right? Um, what's crazy is like, I just don't even have a consensus number one guy. Like I have a no, I got we just we're again we're releasing the no ceilings NBA big board um version one on Friday. Right now I have Justin Edwards at number one. I just six eight wing who can play on or off the ball and uh you know can make shots and, and defend. Feel safe right now. Thought he had some really good moments, some inconsistent moments, but really good moments at Global Global Jam too. Uh, I think he's developing that on-ball creation stuff. And he's a lefty, and, you know, we have a a bias towards lefties. But, again, like, Stefan Castle is a guy who I have a two right now who I easily think could get to the the top spot on my board. Jacoby Walter just had, you know, probably the best defense of – the best debut of, you know, maybe any of the prospects outside of Alex R. 28 points, knockdown – crazy shots like running off screens creating his own offense like getting into the mid-range getting to the foul line just like total package as a scorer um if he shows any playmaking flashes i think he's a guy that could throw his hat in the ring alex Sar, i think right now if i had to bet on a favorite i'd probably go with Sar hmm. as a number one guy um to go number one um and then Ron Holland's going to be a guy who scouts and teams love because of the tenacity that he plays with. And, you know, he's a, a wing. And if he shoots it at, you know, even a decent level, I think he's going to be a guy who throws his hat in the ring too. So, and and then who knows, maybe some other prospects emerge, right? Uh, is there anybody that you think can emerge that we didn't name Outside of that group? Well, Corey, first off, I want to say the five guys that you mentioned are my top five guys as well. And I think those guys are pretty, like, at this point in the season, this the really early stages of where we're at right now, I think those have to be the five guys, in my opinion. Um, but right outside of that, I think, you know, guys that deserve to be mentioned, Almanza, that we talked about earlier, Isaiah Collier, I think definitely yeah. 
I think Collier mentioned. deserves to be mentioned with the top. Yeah. Five. Um, Omaha, a, a guy that I think by the end of the season may, may really be able to move his way into the discussion. And Corey, this is something that you said when we did his pod. And I don't think it's crazy. I didn't think it was crazy when you said it. And I still don't think it's crazy now. If everything goes well and goes, you know, the way that, you know, like that 1% outcome, I, I just don't see why Riley Kugel can't be in that space. I'm not saying yeah. that he should go top five, but if he has the type of season where, that people think he might be able to have for Florida, I think he's going to be in that discussion is what, what I feel. Um, I'm not saying that it will happen, but obviously um, if that production comes and he puts all the pieces together, I don't see why not. Let me, let me throw a wild card guy. Cause I know some people have him this high up in the, maybe not the number one spot, but in the five range. What about where are you at with Donovan Klingon? What does he have to do this year to really, you know, kind of, cement himself in in that five to ten range possibly even like the three to five range is it possible for him Klingon's kind of a hard eval for me dude like um the range in which people talk about him in i don't feel comfortable um but i also don't dislike his game so currently i have him like 16th Okay, so I'm probably the lowest fair. out of anybody. Uh, uh, you know, at no ceilings. I'm not sure. I'm kind of talking out of my ass here, but I don't know, no, man. You have, you have no problem, you know, talking about guys you're lower <laughs> on than everybody else. <laughs> but, but, um, I I still like him. Like people are gonna take this the wrong way and be like, oh, yeah, I'm 16. You like him? What an asshole. Um, but no, I actually genuinely genuinely like his game. But like the type of player that he is, like, I'm not sure, Corey. I'm not sure I, what exactly he needs to show me to change my mind. Even that, I'm not sure. It's like sometimes it's a gut thing with me, and it's hard to switch the gut thing with me, and I, I can be stubborn in that way. But um, I don't know. What do you think, Corey? He's a tough eval for me too, man. Yeah, dude, he's tough. He's a tough eval. I think with Klingon, like, I cannot ignore his productivity. His advanced numbers, uh, the impact he has when he was on the floor last year was tremendous. And I can't I can't ignore it, right? And he helped, you know, he was an, a, a part of a team that won the national title. Like, and, and he was a, a, a player on that team that helped win, you know? Right. right. I still have to see what he looks like in a 28-minute per game role. I need to see if those numbers extrapolate out, like can he, is he conditioned enough to keep that block rate up? Is he going to be able to keep up that efficiency on a higher volume of shots? Is he going to be willing to shoot threes? You know, like, cause I think that would be something that makes him, oh, yeah. would make him more valuable in like a top five conversation. If he could like, stretch it out like if he was like zach Eady esque but he could like legit shoot threes i don't know and there's like so because he was so productive his his advanced stats are so good and he is impacting stuff but at the same time like i don't love the way he moves mm -hmm. he covers a ton of ground so he doesn't need to move a ton but like i worry i do worry about him out on an island there's some clunkiness 
you know, like we were worried about a guy like Walker Kessler. Mm -hmm. And I think Walker Kessler is like probably a better mover out on the perimeter than Klingon is like Klingon's like heavier. You know what I mean? Like he's like a big boy. So like, I'm worried about him a little bit in that regard, like from an NBA context, like can you pick and roll him to death? Like, or is he going to be a guy that you just put in a drop and like cover so much ground that he's going to be able to make an impact that way. And like, the way that like Brooke Lopez does, who's like not like a super fluid mover at this point of his career, right? So he's probably gonna. I'd probably lean more towards that. Hmm. But so yeah, I mean, I, it, it's he's hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, Corey, I, I love every point that you made. No one can ignore, you know, his production during that tournament run. A guy that was a huge part of UConn's success, one hundred percent. The sample size has to be there outside shooting we'll see i i don't know but now Corey, i think the most important thing that you brought up that i agree with that is a big part of you know my eval with him is that there's some real clunkiness to his game and um it's hard for me to ignore i think you and i both love really fluid guys i don't know if he's super fluid so um yeah tough question but um yeah i have him at 16 right now yeah, I just want to see him play like, you know, he played 15 minutes in the debut right. game. He's coming back from a foot injury. You don't want to, you know, have him out there and have him hurt himself or anything. But like, you know, he averaged 13 minutes per game last year. Like, I, I just want to see this dude play 30 minutes. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, he's he's a wait and see for me in, in that regard, because like. The eye test for me doesn't agree with the production and, and stats, so like it's weighing and trying to weigh both for me. Yeah. And Corey, it's always, it's always dangerous to be like, Hey, this guy was really good at the end of his freshman year. And he's going to carry that into his sophomore season a as much as, you know, growth and development can be linear. It usually isn't linear. Um, and so I, I think a lot of people are betting on like, Hey, look at what he did at the tail end of last season. Okay. He's just going to carry that into a larger sample size with more minutes, but it doesn't always work out that way. So I think it ha he has to be a wait and see. No. And also, you know, I, I think there's like a, and I don't have any information to one way or the other. Cause it's not a question I was super interested in asking one way or the other because i think he bowed out of the draft process pretty early but like i think there's like this narrative forming that like oh Klingon would have went mm. you know around the lottery last year if he came out and like are we sure yeah who told you that like are we do we know that for <laughs> sure like or so i i don't know um but i like him and i love this uconn team i can't wait to see them in person um because caravans you know another interesting guy who i'm like I feel similarly to to Klingon where it's like his stats mm -hmm. are sick and he's making an impact and like he's doing stuff as a shooter that you know is you could say is like pretty special from like a college perspective and then I look at him sometimes and I'm like this dude looks like the dude at LA Fitness who like is, is like 45 years old and like you're just like ah, I don't want to play with that guy and then you're on his team and you're like oh this dude could shoot it like alright like he knows how to but it's also like I I don't know. They're a weird, they're a funky team, but I, I, I love a ton of the guys there. I think like for a guy like Klingon and a guy like castle, like to have caravan and camp Spencer, like space in the floor. It's a really ideal scenario. I think they're going to be a fun team. 2024 Wally Zerbiak. Okay. 
There it is. Shout out to Wally. <laughs> Still got the same hairline. Long Island Minus. games. <laughs> Long Island legend. <laughs> All right. Uh, Albert, tell the people where they can find you and what you got cooking up. Uh, you guys can find me at Alberto Gim on uh, Twitter. You can find me at GTGNBA. I'm actually simultaneously working on two pieces right now because one of them is, I mean, and Corey, this is like kind of new for me. I've never been like a heavy research get quotes guy for my pieces. I've always just been like, yeah. let me just write whatever the hell I want and be really free about it. But uh, as I mentioned, I'm writing a piece on Alex too. He, uh, he's given me some quotes. He answered graciously answered a set of questions that I sent to him on a Google doc. So he is the freaking best. And then um, I'm actually working on a sneakers album. Uh, wow. Sneakers album, uh, sneakers <laughs> piece as well, where I want to be writing about, where I'm trying to write about like on court and off court sneakers. Uh, I've been pulling a lot of uh, college and, uh, NBA guys trying to find out what they like wearing and uh, write a little bit about, about that because, you know, we love the draft, but, you know, we're kind of lifestyle guys too, some of us. So, um, oh, yeah, we kind of tap into that as well. That's super rad. I uh, can't wait to read that because, yeah, big, big sneaker guy. Um, I feel like you got to be when you're from New York. It's like a big part of New York culture for us growing up. Yeah, where, where are you from, Pennsylvania? Come on. <laughs> no hate on Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm working on right now because I've been working on a piece and um, that I was like kind of originally planning to put out before the season. And now the season started, we'll see. Cause the player I was going to write about, I think had like four points in his first game. So <laughs> abort, abort. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, I might have to pull something out of the, you know, rabbit out of the hat last minute, but uh, I'm excited to read your pieces for sure. And uh, you can find all that at NoCeilingsNBA.com. And for those of you who um, are unaware, we launched No Ceilings Plus, and it's been going awesome so far. We've got, like, Rucker put up a, an NBA piece about young developmental um, prospects today. Uh, I released my Alex R. Film Sesh there a couple of days early, um, exclusive to those guys. Uh, Maxwell did a, no, a More Stones Unturned um, Plus piece so these are exclusive pieces that are bonus content um and uh so if you have if you want more no ceiling stuff you could become a no ceilings plus member and uh you become a, a member of the secret club that we got going on over there so it's really cool you're gonna get access to our discord um video calls with us a whole bunch of really cool stuff that we got in the works so no ceilingsmba.com you can follow me at cory telebon twitter um nba draft dude on other stuff come find me come hang continue to ask questions college season started albert we're ready to rock we are we're in we're in full force now all right uh until next time y'all rate subscribe like we out peace peace